What's up, guys? Rick here with my top five sleepers for this week's U.S. Open, which feels so good to actually say. Sometimes these don't work out. Sometimes they do, like when Garrick Higo graced the thumbnail cover last week and was featured. Uh, these are five golfers that I believe you should take a deeper second, third, fourth look at a little bit further down the board that might provide some salary cap relief or offer some interesting upside in the betting market. That's my goal for this show. A uh, little housekeeping. There are not one, not two, three different live chats on Wednesday. The standard 3 p.m. Eastern time U.S. Open live chat for all things ownership and players and matchups, whatever you want. That time is yours. Five, uh, excuse me, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern time, same place. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That is the Jock Market Power Hour. That's stock market DFS. And then my final going away party, retirement party of breaking cards, uh, golf cards, upper decks, new high end line of golf cards. Uh, I will do that ten p.m. Eastern time. On Wednesday, all on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. If you want to be part of the break, the link is in the description for all the details. But it should be a huge week, lots of action. Let's talk about sleepers. Sam Burns is $7,700 on DraftKings, and he is 110 to 1 to win this golf tournament. Say what you will about Sam Burns. The fact that he literally burned us all at the PGA Championship because he was coming off a win, coming up, coming off a runner-up finish, and he withdrew just a handful of holes in at the PGA Championship. If there was ever going to be the type of golfer this far down the board that's going to play well at Torrey Pines, wouldn't it be Sam Burns? A guy who is deadly with the driver, very good on his approach shots, and has shown us this year he has an unbelievable ceiling, right? That was all we talked about from Sam Burns before the victory. The ceiling, the ceiling, that's what he's able to tap into. Whether he can put it together for all four rounds or not is a different story, but look at some of these results. A top 10 in Houston. Fast forward to this year. He probably should have won at Riviera. Ends up finishing third there. He had the lead on the back nine on Sunday. That, to me, is a, a strong comp course for Torrey Pines because it is a West Coast difficult golf course that has Poana Greens. He finished third there. Probably should have won that golf tournament. Already mentioned the win and the runner-up finish and the fact that he finished fourth at the Zurich Classic with his partner, Billy Horschel. And to me, the big thing is... His result from Torrey Pines earlier this year at the Farmers Insurance Open. On paper, it doesn't look that great. An 18th place finish. Uh, if you go back and actually look, you'll remember he was in the final group on Sunday with Patrick Reed. Remember the whole thing? It was all overshadowed because of the incident with Patrick Reed on, I guess, on Saturday. Um, uh, the, the, the ball that did or did not bounce. Well, Sam Burns was in the final group on, on Sunday. And he immediately four-putted the first green and played himself out of it and finished 18th. But for three rounds, we saw the ceiling Sam Burns at Torrey Pines. Since, since then, he's won, he's won a golf tournament. He's contended much more often. You put him back in that spot, highly unlikely. He crumbles the way he did on Sunday in January. I understand this is a high-risk, high-volatile play, but Sam Burns, for me, one of the best values coming out of the 7K and one of the best values coming out of the guys who are 100-1 to 1 or longer. Jason Kokrak is $7,600 on DraftKings, and he's 150-1 to 1 to win the U.S. Open, and he is coming off 
a victory. The last time we saw him in Fort Worth, victorious at the Charles Schwab Challenge. He has fixed the putter. It is now one of the best parts of his game, and he is still much longer than many people want to give him credit for, so a U.S. Open setup should not be that bad for him. And you look at what he's done at other difficult golf courses. Just look at this stretch from the end of February into March. He had top 10s at the concession, Bay Hill, NTPC Sawgrass, those are some of the more challenging courses that we get on the PGA Tour schedule. He top tens all of them. Of course, the victory uh, in his last start in Fort Worth. But then it's not like this guy hasn't played Torrey Pines. I've seen him play. I've been up close and personal with Jason Kokrak at Torrey Pines. And in his last five trips, four of them have resulted in top 30 finishes, essentially between 20th and 30th in each trip. So this is a place he's familiar with. He's playing well. He has solved the putter. That is now a new weapon in his game. He's now won twice this season. I mean, Jason Kokrak, 150 to one for a guy who's already a multiple time winner, uh, just seems too long to me. Adam Scott is $7,400 on DraftKings and 70 to one to win this golf tournament. So if you are paying attention, you'll notice he is cheaper than both Adam Scott on DraftKings and Jason Kokrak, but his odds to win the golf tournament are essentially half of that of Jason Kokrak. So maybe not a great outright bet unless you can get a longer number than what I'm telling you right now, but uh, that might indicate that he's mispriced on DraftKings. And the reason that I think he's mispriced and let me be clear I'm not a big Adam Scott fan I I rarely roster him I I try to really pick my spots but he is at least consistent since his victory at the Genesis Invitational in 2020 he's only missed two cuts and he's only missed one since the tour came back right so that was in in uh, June of 2020 And he's coming off one of his best finishes. The 16th place finish at the Memorial, that's a difficult golf course, Mirfield Village. Of course, the 13th place finish at the Honda Classic, that's PGA National, another difficult golf course. The last time he played Torrey Pines earlier this year, he finished 10th. What he tends to do is play much better on difficult golf courses. If it's going to be a birdie fest, it's probably not Adam Scott's week. If it's going to be 10 under par, it might be a place for him to thrive. Now, 10 under par at a U.S. Open is certainly not what they're striving for. They're trying to get it closer to even par, so it might be even better for Adam Scott, whose last win came, that's right, Riviera, West Coast, California course, difficult, tough field, Poana Greens, let's go. Adam Scott, I'm not generally a big fan. This feels like a really good spot to deploy him, and I think I think odds makers would agree based on his DK pricing versus his actual outright number. Johnny Vegas is $6,800 on DraftKings, and he's 140 to 1 to win the U.S. Open. And if you have only one good skill, like Johnny Vegas does, you want that skill to be the driver at Torrey Pines. And that's exactly what he has. He is one of the best drivers of the golf ball that we have on the PGA Tour. You look at his last five starts alone, he's been magnificent off the tee, and that has included two separate top 10 finishes. He finished ninth at the Byron Nelson just a couple of starts ago, and then last week a runner-up finish at Palmetto. So he's playing well right now. He is a great driver of the golf ball. I cannot stress that enough. The importance of being uh, both long and potentially in the fairway, ideally, is going to go so far at this now par 71 version of Torrey Pines. It's going to play a lot longer. It's going to play difficult, of course, and the rough will be up as it is. 
most most years, but for a U.S. Open, it's going to be even more ratcheted up. You're going to want to play out of the fairway, and Johnny Vegas has plenty of experience around Torrey Pines. This is going to be well. He's played he's played the Farmers Insurance Open eleven times. Uh, he has made the cut in seven of them. He has one top ten. He's got a couple more top twenties and top twenty fives as well. So this is a really good price on a guy who is hot, has experience, and has the one elite skill set that I believe will be very important towards success this week. Brendan Steele is $6,500 and 300 to 1 to win this golf tournament. And I'm not entirely sure what Brendan Steele's upside is. Can he win the U.S. Open? It would be pretty unlikely. Has he won on the PGA Tour before? Yeah, of course. But can he win this golf tournament? I'm not sure. But if you're looking for a guy who can make the cut, who's going to be a good ball striker, unlikely to let you down, or at least less than some of his peers, I think he's interesting. We are still in the midst of this streak where he has not missed a cut in 2021 since the calendar turned and he's been piling up top 25, top 30 finishes. His recent results haven't been as good. He's been barely making, he's been making the cut and then basically finishing towards the bottom of uh, the leaderboard after the cut has been made, but he played well at the Zurich Classic. He played well at the Honda Classic. He generally plays well on the West Coast. And I just think his ball striking ability his ball striking prowess, the ability to hit it long and straight, hit his good approaches, and he's actually started to turn the putter around quite a bit. He has gained strokes putting in five of his last six measured events. That doesn't even include the Zurich Classic, of course, where he had a deep run there with his partner because that's an unmeasured event. So if he can kind of marry the two things, the longer-term ball striking with the shorter-term putting, and continue to make cuts, Brendan Steele seems like an interesting guy to sneak into the top 20 and really rack up some points for you. Here's a bonus one for you. Matthew Wolf is $7,200 and he's 225 to 1 to win the U.S. Open. And if you have not been following along, Matthew Wolf has not played anywhere since the Zurich Classic. It was a really poor stretch of golf at the end of 2020 and into 2021, and he needed a break. He needed to get away from the game. He went back to Stillwater and was uh, hanging out with the, the the college crew, and he was uh, you know enjoying enjoying the the run that they made deep into the NCAA's. So um, for me, I don't think you could play him on DraftKings uh, because he's seventy two hundred dollars. But but his his outright number two twenty five is of course going to dictate his top ten, his top twenty number. Uh, that is much more appealing to me. And then you don't have to worry about the risk tolerance because we have no idea what the state of his game is. We we have literally no idea. We don't know how much work he's been putting in, how little work he's been putting in. But in theory, everything that we say about Bryson DeChambeau and the club head speed, the ability to extract the ball from the rough should also apply to Matthew Wolf. It's why he finished runner-up to Bryson DeChambeau at Wingsfoot because when you are forced to play out of the rough and 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 have to move all of that turf and hit your approaches into these greens, that plays well into the big, strong, fast club head speed guys. So if there was ever a spot to deploy Matthew Wolf blindly, this would be it. I see. I think there is uh, incredible amounts of risk with it, and maybe you just want to bet him at a top twenty number uh, because you can get good odds on that. And I would not blame you for it. But this is a bonus sleeper because I think he's someone that you should at least make a decision on. Say, I'm completely out, or I want to do it in the outright market. Maybe I want to play him on DraftKings. I'm not sure I want to do that. But someone that I think you should at least be considering and understanding that we have so many unknowns with him this week. 
There you go. Those are my sleepers for this week's U.S. Open. It is going to be absolutely phenomenal stuff. Let me know who I missed. Tweet me at Rick Rungood or leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.